coming up on this episode of Adaptive to Lead. Anxiety comes from a place of fear. And fear is it's an unpleasant emotion that's that's caused by the threat of pain. Who is it that you think you need to be in order to be good enough to belong and to be loved? Inspiring actionable content that helps you get focused, get started and be impactful. This is Adaptive to Lead. Hi, and welcome to this episode of Audacity to Lead. My name is Dario Samuel, and this is the podcast where I give you the courage and necessary insight to step out and lead with more influence. Today, I'm having a special guest, and today we are looking forward to understanding a major part of running our business, living our lives, and fulfilling our dreams. And today, I have with me Andrew. Andrew Pierce of Andrew Pierce Success Coaching and Training. Okay, just to say a little about Andrew. Andrew works as a transformational mentor, specializing in assisting clients to overcome their struggles with anxiety. Over the years, Andrew has, through his webinars, workshops, and working one-on-one, Andrew has been able to assist people, CEOs, business owners, personal development enthusiasts and the like in transforming the lives their lives and helping them overcome the struggle we have daily with worry doubt fear and anxiety today andrew is going to be walking us through five steps to an anxiety free 2016 andrew i'm glad to have you on the show thanks mate uh pleasure to be here and uh, thank you for having me on board okay perhaps i didn't um introduce you very well can we get to meet you in a different way that I've introduced you? <laughs> yeah. No worries, man. No worries. So, yeah, I'm working as a transformational mentor specializing within the niche of anxiety. Um, having overcome both general and social anxiety before, along with work with my clients and an extensive knowledge of human behavior, I've learned a thing or two about the thinking that goes on behind the scenes of anxiety uh, and as as a result of that I've created what's called the anxiety free formula um, now there's seven pillars of the formula and I'm going to be sharing five of them with you today so I'm really excited about that awesome 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 now talking about mentor most of the time a lot of people actually think that a mentor is somebody who actually just does something or perhaps um, leads the way for some someone also but then from you, I've, I've realized, at least from the last time we had a conversation, I've realized there's more to mentoring than just having some form of information that you tell out to the people you, you are mentoring. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, within the work that I do with my clients, it, there's a combination of a coach feel and a mentoring feel. Um, when we start out together, it's more of a, a coach feel with the the guidance uh, from questioning and the personal realizations. But then as they grow together, as we grow together within, our, within the relationship, um, their awareness, their self-awareness expands, their ability to look within and understand themselves improves and the relationship then kind of goes to more of a, a mentoring level, a mentoring feel um, because they are you know, growing so much and becoming more advanced. So it's really cool how it all works out. Okay, quickly, let's 
let me know how did you get started with coaching how did you get into business and how has it been so far yeah cool so growing up i was always uh you know a thinker always pondering about life and had interests in human behavior the mind the universe how everything all worked and how you can successfully use the mind to to achieve uh, more happiness in life um, and to, to handle suffering and negative emotions better. So those those interests and passions led me towards doing the coaching uh, and studying human behavior and the science of the mind and, and psychology and whatnot, um, which led me down the path I'm at now and, and having experienced general and social anxiety, it, it was an area that I really was drawn to, to help people um, having been there, done that myself and learnt a lot about the thinking that goes on behind the scenes. And um, yeah, business has been good. You know, I love working with my clients. They get achieve amazing results and, and seeing their growth and expansion is a very rewarding experience. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Okay, there are a couple of things that I've actually noticed about how you work. There's the element of taking personal responsibility where you actually help people understand that the responsibility, the results they get is actually by reason of them having an empowering mindset. What um, inspired that? So it's it comes from a success principle that um, known as being at cause or being at effect for the results in your life. And it's I, I don't truly believe that we can be 100% responsible for all the results in our life, but acting like we can puts us in a position of more responsibility and more empowerment and kind of gives us that energy to go out there and create the change for ourselves rather than waiting for change to happen. Interesting. Does that mean that it's not... Okay, like you said, you said um, it's not every time that will be at cost. Sometimes it will be at effect. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. So being at effect is blaming things that happen, justifying why you haven't done something, telling the story of, of why you couldn't achieve your goals. Um, and it's very much externalizing everything and saying, look, it's not my fault. I, I can't do it because of this and because of that. Where being at cause is taking responsibility for all the results and non-results that you have in lo- your life and finding a way that you can achieve what you want to achieve. Hmm, amazing. There's also something you actually talk about, which has to do with mindset and self-awareness. And specifically, you say everything we do in life is a choice, whether be it conscious or subconscious. Yeah, so that is also bringing that responsibility to the table that, you know, a lot of our, our behavior and uh, our actions are influenced by unconscious fears, unconscious meanings and thoughts um, and that's how someone could come to a point where they've got this result and they'd say, I'd never actually choose to do this. But the decisions that they've made has led them to where they are. And even if they have been unconsciously influenced, coming from a human behavioral perspective, it's still a choice. And bringing your awareness to this and realizing this is very exciting and very empowering because you realize how much choice that you actually do have in life, which is really cool. That's actually a very, very important aspect of um, living our lives. And you actually mentioned something about self-awareness. Can you talk a little about self-awareness? Yeah, absolutely. So, 
95% of our journey through life is awareness and the other 5% is taking action on that awareness. And as I was saying before, with conscious and unconscious choice, when when things uh, when we're being motivated by unconscious fears um, and thoughts and whatnot like that and beliefs, from a human behavioral perspective, it's a choice, but we don't really have that much of a say in it because it's outside of our awareness. We don't know where this behavior is coming from. So the the, the personal growth journey, the personal development journey, is one of expanding your self-awareness to understand why you're behaving the way that you are, why you're thinking the way that you are, how it's working for you, how it's not working for you. And from this place of uh, awareness, you now have conscious choice. So you really have a say in the matter and you can start to make the best decisions for you based on the outcome and the results that you want to achieve. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, now that somebody, how can somebody become aware of what's going on in his life and the kind of things that are actually happening and how can someone actually take action on those things? Okay, so by taking action on the awareness that you already have would come with initially knowing what it is that you want to achieve, where you want to move to in life, the person that you want to become And then with the awareness that you have, start taking action on that. And as a result of taking action and having experiences, you will you will grow. There is no there is no growth when there is no action. Um, if you don't go out and put yourself out there and try new things, um, you'll just be in the same place that you are. So with your current level of awareness, decide where it is that you want to be in life, who it is that you want to be. And start taking action, and just the journey of life, the journey of growth, will do its thing. I actually, I sincerely admire your work, and <laughs> at least in in the last couple of weeks that I've come to experience your work, and having checked out your website anxietyfreeliving.com.au, I've had a feel. I think you recently changed your site. Am I right? Recently changed the site. Yeah, it used to be AP Success Coaching. Um, But really moving into that niche of anxiety now, uh, and and yeah, www.anxietyfreeliving.com.au is it's under construction, but you can you're still able to download the the seven part video series, the anxiety free formula. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So let's get started with talking about anxiety. What actually causes anxiety for people? Why do people become anxious of things? And let's first deal with that. Yeah, cool, man. So <clears throat> anxiety comes from a place of fear. And fear is its an unpleasant emotion that's, that's caused by the threat of pain, danger, or harm. Now, the anxiety that we're talking about is, I put the word perceived in there. It's, it's the fear of the threat of the, the perceived threat of pain, danger, or harm. That's very much the anxiety that we're talking about in, in, our, in the 21st century. Um, you know, we are hardwired with the fight or flight response within us. And back in the day when there was danger, the fight or flight response worked very well. Um, and still having it ingrained within us, if we perceive the threat of pain, danger or harm, or we are fearful of something happening, whether it be making a mistake or being judged, 
then that flight response triggers within us um, and then we experience the physiological symptoms of anxiety, the, the butterflies in the chest, the sweats, lightheaded, pounding heart and so on. Now you've come up with a seven-step system that helps somebody overcome and live an anxiety-free life. I think at this point, let's go through the system. Can we? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we'll take a look at the first pillar or first step. And just for the listeners, the anxiety-free formula is designed in such a way that each step builds and integrates with each other for higher and higher levels of awareness um, and also more effective personal change work. So <clears throat> I trust that you guys will, will see that as we go through the steps, how they integrate and complement to each other. So starting off, step number one is getting it wrong, <clears throat> making mistakes or that word failure. Now, this can stir up a lot of fear and anxiety with people to the point that they're completely stuck. They don't even want to try something new. Um, they can get anxious in their job in case they get it wrong. Uh, you can be anxious about you know, asking someone out on a date, putting yourself out there, um, and all these kind of things. It's, it stirs up that, that anxious response within us. Now, the thing is that the actual action or the doing isn't what we're fearful of, it's the perceived consequences. And I'll explain this a little bit further. So I used to avoid making mistakes uh, altogether because I'd actually put a meaning around mistakes and I'd made mistakes mean that I was incapable or inadequate and I thought that that's how I would be judged. So it wasn't the mistake itself. If I made a mistake by myself, didn't bother me. But if I made it in front of other people, I was anxious and fearful because I thought that I would be judged as incapable or inadequate. So it, it, as I said, it wasn't actually the mistake itself. It was the perceived consequences. It's, it's how I thought I would be judged for making that mistake. Now, I've just mentioned there that I put meanings uh, around mistakes. And this is a real cool thing here. It is that nothing has meaning except for the meaning that we give it. And in life, we consciously and unconsciously apply meanings to things, meanings to events, meanings to ourselves, uh, meanings to words. And these meanings that we apply have a very powerful effect on the reality that we experience on the life that we live. Uh, perfect example, as I've just said, the meanings that I put around making mistakes were that if I made them, I'd be incapable or inadequate, and then as a result, I would get anxious about making mistakes and or avoid them altogether. So this is a great area to start off to look, is ask yourself, what is it that you make mistakes mean about you? Bring this into your awareness, and when you've brought it into your awareness, decide to make mistakes mean something different. So, for example, what I changed mistakes to be was that making a mistake was an opportunity to learn and grow. 
there was in fact no losing. You either would win or you'd learn. And very simple change, yet very profound uh, and effective results because now going into trying something new, putting myself out there or even just taking action in general, that that fearful response, that anxious response doesn't stir up anymore because I'm no longer fearful of being judged as incapable or inadequate. In fact, I'm, I'm moving forward present and engaged knowing that at a minimum I'm going to win or I'm going to learn something. And that's a real cool change to make. Hmm. I love that. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's very powerful bringing your awareness to what you're making things mean in your life and in, in all areas of life, not just mistakes or, or getting it wrong um, or, you know, when you're experiencing anxiety. Whenever you're experiencing any type of suffering, any type of negative emotion, uh, and, and it's, you can tell that it's kind of linked to an event, you can ask yourself that question, what am I making this mean? And because you've applied the meaning, either consciously or unconsciously, it's still a choice. And the cool thing about that is, is that you can choose to make it mean something else. You can choose to make it mean something that is uh, going to support and guide you moving forward into the future, achieving the results that you want to achieve. Okay, now that's one of the steps in be having an anxiety-free life, living anxiety-free. Mm. Now, what are the other steps involved? So then you've got step number two or pillar number two is calling out your fears. And what this one is all about is getting really clear on what, on, on what you're actually fearful of. So as I mentioned with um, getting it wrong, making mistakes, is that it's not the actual action or the doing that we're fearful of. It's what's down the track a little bit further. It's the perceived consequences of that action. So when you get really clear on what it is that you're fearful of, you then are at a, at a new level of awareness of conscious awareness to actually face that fear because when the fear is out of our conscious awareness and it's very unconscious to us, the way that we behave or the way that we respond, we don't really know why we're behaving or responding the way that we are. We don't face whatever it is and we just avoid the action, the task, the behavior or whatever it is. And the thing with calling out your fears as well is that by calling out your fears and saying, you know, in life in general, I'm fearful of embarrassing myself or being rejected. Um, I'm fear fearful of people not liking me. I'm fearful of losing control. Uh, I'm fearful of my work being criticized. When you do this, you shine the light on the darkness and you take away the power or the hold that fear has on us at times. So when you, when you choose to not face the fear and turn away from it, what you're actually communicating to that fear is, or that perceived fear, that illusion of fear, what you're actually communicating is, is that I am fearful of you. And that's why you're trying to, you're trying to push it away, you're trying to push it down, um, but resisting it. Resisting at the same time is kind of holding on to that fear. Um, whereas if you call it out and 
you can embrace it with others or you can embrace it with yourself and say, this is what I'm actually fearful of. It really does, it's, it's a relief. It's a weight off the shoulders because running from your fears or trying to hold them down takes a lot of energy. Whereas when you shine the light on the darkness, embrace them and bring it into your awareness, kind of call it out and face it, it, it takes a lot less energy to do that. It actually releases negative energy from the body. And when you're clear on what it is that you're fearful of going into a task or, or taking action or moving forward, you're at a new level of awareness um, and you are more empowered to take that action rather than be put off by this fear that you're not really sure of what it is. You just you experience the anxiety, you're a bit uncomfortable, you can't even get a grasp on what you're worrying about and you just want to get out of there. But if you're moving in and thinking, okay, so I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going to put myself out there in my, in my business and, and my service, I'm fearful of getting rejected. However, I've called it out and I know what's going on. I'm at this new level of awareness. I feel more empowered um, to step out and take action. And it really does create a massive difference. So there's one other thing I want to mention on this as well is that there's three universal fears we experience in life. Uh, one's the fear of not being good enough or being found out. The other is the fear of not belonging. And the third is the fear of not being loved. Now, I just quickly want to talk about the fear of being found out. So we're all walking around in life with insecurities and, and vulnerabilities. And a lot of them that we cover up, that we don't, we don't share with anyone um, for fear of how we might be judged, how we might be perceived. Now, I had a, a vulnerability and insecurity of mine that I didn't share with anyone until one day where it was bothering me that in a, in a situation when a particular type of conversation or situation would happen, I would feel fake and very shy and reserved um, because I had a fear of being found out. So what I did was I, I chose two of my close friends and I embraced my vulnerability and shared this fear with them I called it out, I shone the light on the darkness and it really was a weight off the shoulders because I no longer had to run from it. I no longer had to hide from it. I no longer felt fake. And whenever this conversation or situation would then come up in life again, because I was no longer taking all that energy to try and hide from the, from the fear, I'd called it out. It was, it was miraculous. I felt calm and confident because I'd, I'd called it out, I'd faced it, so there was no longer anything to be fearful of or to, to run from. So that was a really cool exercise that I put into practice um, and one that anyone can try with, with a close friend of theirs or family member or someone they feel comfortable with is, is embracing that vulnerability and it does, it does so much because it communicates to the other person, you know, I'm, I'm human. Uh, I'm scared of this. I've got a vulnerability or insecurity, and you know what? It's okay. And when you when you say that it's okay, and you embrace it. You bring into your awareness and and call out that fear. It does free up a lot of negative energy from the body, um, and it's such a cool exercise to practice to start getting some some real cool results. While you were talking, you actually mentioned overcoming anxiety yourself, social anxiety, 
and um, there's this other word you used mm-hmm. to describe it. What's um, what's the difference between social anxiety and the other one you mentioned? What's the name again? General anxiety. Okay, what's the difference between so, social anxiety and general anxiety? Yeah, cool, man. Um, general general anxiety is how do I say? I was just going to use the word the word general, but it is it's <laughs> it's day to day. It's uh, it's nothing too specific. So my general anxiety stemmed from fear of the future, um, of what might go wrong, of you know what could happen, of making mistakes. So it was quite. It was just. It was broad. It was nothing too specific. As as said, it was general. Whereas. Social anxiety is in that social context. So going uh, out, meeting new people, going to a party, to a club, even just going out of the house, down the street in the supermarket. Um, you've got then, then got things like performance anxiety. So someone might only get anxious when they're performing at sport or when they're performing in their workplace or career. But then in a social setting, they're completely fine. And in everyday life, they're completely fine. But their, their anxiety is more specified to performance. So general is broader and, you know, it can be more like, I think general is more it's just like I'm anxious and I'm not really too sure of what I'm anxious about. So it just plays out in life in, in a general way, whereas social uh, and performance, for example, or public speaking anxiety, they're more specified contexts. Wow, 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 wow. So somehow um, shyness could be a sign of social anxiety, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely can contribute and and play a part for sure. Okay, does that also mean that um, being introverted, or let's say somebody who's an introvert, could also be could that be a general anxiety or a social anxiety? So the thing with introvert and extrovert is that. The, the main difference is the flow of energies. Sure. So introvert people uh, charge their batteries when they're on their own and it, it takes them energy to be with other people. Whereas extroverted people, it takes them energy to be by themselves and they charge their batteries when they're with other people. So you can still get, you can get introverted people that are very outgoing and very comfortable uh, in social situations. Whereas you can get extroverted people who get anxious in social situations. So, yeah, there's no – it's not like introverts are anxious and extroverts aren't. Um, in Both introverts and extroverts can be anxious um, and extroverts can be shy, introverts can be outgoing. It's uh, There's no textbook way of if you're an introvert, you're like this and if you're an extrovert, you're like that. <laughs> okay, no problem. Okay, well, um, you've shared with us two of the pillars. Now let's move to the third. Cool. So the third one is letting go of judgment. And judgment plays a big part in anxiety, and a big part in everyone's life. It, it, uh, it's a need of the ego. It lives in the ego. And we're, we're judging all the time, even if we're not aware of it. And... <clears throat> This is this is very much social anxiety all over, you know, worrying what other people might think of you, being fearful of people being mean or being rude, um, having beliefs that you're being negatively judged or walking into a room where you think all eyes are on you and there's this 
pressure and this expectation um, and then there's a, there's a fear of not being good enough or not belonging or not being loved. There's a fear of saying something silly or embarrassing yourself or being rejected, uh, being picked on. And this can stir up a lot of social anxiety going into that context. You know, sometimes there's the fear of even not knowing what to say or not knowing how to interact with others. Um, if someone has a belief that they're boring or they're not interesting, um, then whilst they're speaking to someone, that's what's in within them, that they're, they're boring and that, that they're not interesting. And then they're anxious because they're believing that they're being judged by that person. So with uh, letting go of judgment, a really cool way to look within um, and get right to the core of what's going on is to ask yourself the question, what is it that you worry or what is it that you believe other people think of you? Or how is it that you think you're being judged? Because that is, in fact, what you think about yourself. And that answer might come up and be a bit uncomfortable and a bit, a bit icky, but it's going to take you to where you need to look in order to create change. Because what it will do, if, if you think other people, are, if you're worried that other people might think you're boring, then that is, in fact, what you think of yourself. You think that you're boring. Now, that, as I said, that might be a bit uncomfortable to look at initially, but it's where you need to be to create change, to let go of that, to examine it and see where that has come from. And where this comes from is the expectations that we put on ourselves of who we think we need to be in order to be loved, to be good enough and to belong. And if your expectation of yourself is to be very outgoing, funny, very confident, making everyone laugh and, and bouncing around the, the party or the social event, mm. um, what happens is when we have this image of who we think we need to be, we, we put expectations in place and then we put pressure on ourselves. Pressure leads to stress, uh, which leads to doubt and worry and, and things like anxiety. And what happens with expectations is when they're not met, there's this communication within ourselves, whether it's conscious or unconscious, that we are in fact not good enough. And that's one of the universal fears I mentioned before. And as I mentioned at the start, anxiety comes from a place of fear. So going into these social situations, be aware of, bring your awareness to who it is that you expect yourself to be, who it is that you think you need to be in order for people to like you. And when I came across this realization for myself and this question and started using it with my clients, it got amazing results. And the question is, as I've mentioned, who is it that you think you need to be in order to be good enough, to belong, and to be loved? And what I found was we want to be this person because we think we need to be. So what I asked my clients is, if you could let go of who you thought you needed to be, what would that give you? And it's, the answer is always like relief, comfort, peace, happiness. And then I follow up with the question, well, if you didn't need to be that person, who is it that you'd want to be? And the answer is always that that person would just want to be themselves. So for everyone listening, who is it that you think you need to be in order to be good enough to belong and to be loved? And if you could let go of who you thought you needed to be, and embrace who you are, what would that give you? Because you, in fact, don't need to be anyone else 
but yourself in order to be good enough to belong and to be loved. And when you bring your awareness to these questions and these expectations, you can then let them go and embrace who you are. And when you walk into that room loving you, then you feel good, you feel confident, and you're not worrying what other people are going to think of you because you're not thinking those poor things of yourself in the first place. Wow. Amazing. Okay. I <laughs> love that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's let's move forward to the fourth pillar then. Yeah, cool. Wow. So the fourth pillar is um, attachment. Now, as the Buddha said, attachment is the root of all suffering. And hmm. it comes from the ego once again. And what happens is we attach to people. We attach to possessions. We attach to places. We attach to beliefs we attach to images of ourselves within our head we attach to identities we attach ourselves to outcomes how we think life should go on a grand scale yeah we, t- we attach ourselves to how we think life should be or how it should go on a smaller scale we might attach ourselves to how we might want an evening to go um and to that to that outcome we attach to yeah relationships people and the reason that the, the ego wants to attach is because it has the, the fear of not being enough. And the ego is all about gain. It's all, all about being more. And it thinks that it needs to uh, be more, that it can acquire being more by attaching to things. Whereas this, this fear, this unconscious thought of the ego is actually never met. So it's all about gain, all about getting um, yet always still having that fear and, and feeling like it's not enough. So how uh, an attachment and being aware of it and letting go or being non-attached helps with anxiety is because with attachment comes fear of loss. Now, we might be attached to a relationship and we fear that we're going to lose that relationship. And in life, everything always comes back to us. And what we're actually fearing is that we're going to lose the relationship, but we're fear- fearing that we're going to lose part of ourself because we've become so identified that maybe wrapped a bit of our self-esteem or self-worth or image up within a, being a part of that relationship, whether it be intimate or friendly or, or, or family. Um, going into a, a situation, if you're very attached to a particular outcome of this is how it needs to go, then if it starts to go a different way, you're fearful of that loss of that outcome and you get very anxious and you start to try and control everything and you need you know, wow. this in place there, that's, that's over there. And because you're so attached and you think you're, what you're saying to yourself is this is how it should be, this is how it should go, this is how it needs to go, it, it really does come in that, you know, trying to control every little thing because you're fearful of it not going the way that you're attached to. You're fearful of that loss. And as I've said a few times in in the podcast so far is that anxiety comes from that place of fear. And even though on, on one level of awareness, you're fearful of the external outcome not happening, guys, it always comes back to us. It always links back to you. Um, and it might be that if this outcome doesn't happen, I'm making it mean that I'm not good enough or I'm making it mean that people won't like me. 
and I'm, I fear that I'm going to lose esteem or confidence or even part of my identity. So as the Buddha said, attachment is the root of all suffering and so much suffering does come from being uh, attached Attached. to outcomes in life. Attached, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And and as I've said, with, with attachment comes the fear of loss. So bring your awareness to what it is that you're attached to in in life in general on the grandest on scale and in everyday present moments. Um, if you start to experience a bit of suffering and you're resisting what is uh, or you're resisting change or you find yourself trying to really control things, ask yourself, what is it that I'm attached to here? And then let go of the attachment because being non-attached or, or being surrendered, what it means is it means I'm cool either way. Uh, I'm cool. If this happens, that's fine. If that happens, that's fine. And when you're non-attached, you can really be present and you can really be engaged and you can actually perform better at what it is you're doing. If you're performing a task, you're better because you're not in your head trying to control everything and worrying of, of things going wrong. You're non-attached. You're in flow. You're present and you're just you're being there, whether it be yeah performing an action, doing a task or in a, in, a, in a conversation with someone or a group of people, if you're just non-attached and in the flow, you can be far more present in that moment um, and more engaged in what you're doing. And if you're more present, more engaged, you will always get better results. Hmm. Amazing. Okay. In the next couple of minutes, as we um round of this episode let's walk through step five but really i'm getting a lot of insights from what you're sharing andrew thank you for sharing this yeah cool man no worries thank you once again thank you for having me on board i I love speaking about this kind of stuff and 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 sharing the value so let's um let's just quickly go into into step five so step five is embracing uncertainty and vulnerability And uncertainty is where a lot of anxiety comes from as well. Um, When when something is uncertain, we we don't know what's going to happen, so we become fearful of what might happen or what might go wrong. Um, And there are uncertain outcomes in life everywhere. And then if we don't know the outcome, but then we create one within our mind and we get attached to it, as I've just mentioned, then you can see how the anxiety works there. So I'm quickly going to show how the steps integrate. So let's say there's an uncertain, there's an uncertain outcome coming up. And then you create an outcome in your mind that you want to happen and you become attached to it. And then going into that task or that conversation, whatever it is, because you're so attached to how it needs to be, you're very in your head and you're very trying to control everything. And because everything has to go a particular way, you then get anxious about making a mistake or getting it wrong. And if you're then not aware of what it is that you're actually fearful of, if it's getting rejected, if it's being judged, then you're at an unconscious level of awareness where you just want to get out of there. You don't, you don't know what exactly what's going on. All you know is that you don't like it, that flight response is happening, and you want to get out. Then if you are trying not to make that mistake, there is that fear of judgment 
um, and getting it wrong as well uh, and what other people might think of you. So that's all the pillars working together, the first four so far. But if you can only learn and grow from making mistakes, then you're all good. If you've called out your fears and faced them, then you've taken that that relief off your shoulders and you know what you're getting yourself into. If you take the expectations of who you need to be away and embrace who you are and then become non-attached, then going into this situation, they all integrate and complement each other and you can be present and engaged and get amazing results. So you embrace uncertainty with the certainty of yourself and you bring the certainty of yourself with the combination of the pillars that we've covered so far. Now, the big question with fear is, can I handle it? Um, And as I've said with getting it wrong, making mistakes, it's not the action. So let's say you're going to go ask out a girl or a guy. It's not the action of asking them out that you're saying, can I handle that? It is the perceived consequences of rejection or embarrassment or being told no. So the question that you would ask is, can I handle if this girl or guy says no? If the answer is yes, you take action, you move forward, you stop thinking about it and worrying about it, and you take that action. So you embrace that uncertainty with the certainty of yourself. Mm. And that's the best question to ask, can I handle it? And then I, I trust that everyone listening can see how having a positive meaning around mistakes having calling out your fear of rejection, then asking the question, can I handle it? Yes. Um, not worrying what other people are going to think because you've got the expectations of yourself and being non-attached. You know, you, you may want the person to say yes, but being cool with it either way, you can just go into that with that confidence. Then there's vulnerability and you embrace vulnerability with trust and love. So first off, embracing uncertainty with the certainty of yourself is more of a a doing, a taking action, a very masculine energy, getting the job done. Whereas embracing uncer- uh, and vulnerability with trust and love is more of a feminine energy. It's more being in flow, being present, being engaged. And embracing vulnerability is more of a, rather than an action taking, it's more of a being present in social situations, in conversation, or being present in life, being present, even just sitting on the couch and and not worrying about what's going on. And you do this with the trust and love of yourself. So when I was socially anxious, I was very much in my head. uh, And all I wanted to do was just get out of my head and, and feel more and be present. However, I was worried that I might, if I was just being me and, and being on autopilot, I might say something stupid or embarrass myself. Um, because of, as I said before, who is it that you think you need to be? I had these expectations of myself to be perfect all the time. So to get out of my head and move into my heart, I decided to start trusting, trusting that I wouldn't say something stupid, I wouldn't say something silly, and then loving myself that even if I wasn't perfect, which no one is ever going to be, I still love who I am and I still practice self-love that if I did make a mistake or if I did say something silly, I could just have a laugh about it and, and practice self-love and, and uh, you know, be easy on myself because sometimes we are our, our own worst critic. Yeah. So 
you embrace uncertainty with a certainty of yourself. You embrace vulnerability with trust and love. And for someone who's got anxiety, they're choosing fear and doubt. But going through the anxiety-free formula and the steps that we've just gone through and creating change on these levels, you can then start to choose trust and love. And when you choose trust and love, you can be present, which is what so many of my clients want, is to be present, to be engaged, to enjoy what they're doing, to be comfortable in their own skin, to be confident and happy. And working through the pillars can then bring you to a place where you can choose trust and love and start experiencing the love and joy and happiness that you want to. Wow. Wonderful, wonderful. First off, let me say I want to thank you for sharing this, Andrew. That has been insightful. I mean... I've personally learned a lot myself, so thank you for sharing this, Andrew. Cool, cool. You're now, welcome, man. Uh, once again, thanks for I, having me on board. I understand that in your work as a transformational mentor, you actually guide people through in overcoming their frustrations and anxieties through the combination of improved mindset and spiritual principles and philosophies. And... Mm. Having done that, I also got to know that you work with your clients to help them move to a positive state of being, a state where self-love, self-trust, confidence, strength, and more enables them to be comfortable within themselves and for them to actually create the life that they want. So let's say someone who's just listened to this show loves to actually have that kind of outcome to experience you. How can they get in touch with you? How can they reach out to you? Yeah, okay. So jump onto the website uh, and you can, as a result of getting the formula, you'll then get emails from me and you can be in contact with it, with me through email. Uh, my email is andrew at anxietyfreeliving.com.au. Um, my Facebook page is www.facebook.com forward slash uh, AP success. Uh, you can check out the Facebook page and get in contact with me through there. Um, otherwise, I respond to emails daily, and uh, that email again is Andrew at anxietyfreeliving.com.au. And from the website is where you can get the anxiety free formula, which is actually the seven part video series, um, which has the final two pillars that we didn't get to cover today. And that is www.anxietyfreeliving.com.au. And the funny part is that I'm also going to be going through the videos myself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So, uh, the videos, uh, yeah, they're about 10 minutes each, so there's plenty of value, plenty of content. Amazing, amazing. Once again, I want to say thank you for being on the show today, Andrew. It's been a pleasure and a wonderful time spending this couple of minutes learning from you and of course receiving value from you i want to say thank you again andrew and thank you for being on the show today thanks so much for having me man it's been uh it's been awesome being a part of the the podcast and i do really appreciate the opportunity man i think the work that you're doing is uh fantastic thank you thank you thank you so much so at this point we'll bring the podcast to this particular episode to a close remember to get focused get started and be impactful. I see you again on the next episode. Thank you for being here.